We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on the second guest show, Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J and I will be on until 8 o'clock tonight. A little after 620, we'll have Sean Salisbury on with us, former NFL quarterback, also ESPN analyst, now working radio in the Houston area. And then at 720 tonight, Connie Carberg, the first female NFL scout ever with the New York Jets, started back in the late 1970s. Bob, we're going to go back to our Oakland Hardjula's talking text line. Got a couple people waiting. We're going to go to Mitchell in Forest, Mississippi. Mitchell, you in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. How you doing, Mr. Bobby? It, it's an hey. honor just just to be able to say hi to you. I, I don't know I about that. <laughs> <laughs> what you well, got? <laughs> I got introduced to football um, from my family when you was playing with the Saints. Okay. Back in about '85. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I I really enjoyed, you know, watching you play. But my question is, what what do you think we need to do about the quarterback situation with Winston and Dalton and uh, Taysom Hill? I mean. It just well, seems uh, like we ain't yeah, yeah. anywhere. Well, uh, I like Taysom Hill on my team, and if we don't want him, wherever Sean Payton ends up, he'll want him, but not as a quarterback. As the jack-of-all-trades, Swiss Army knife, Taysom Hill, uh, listen, he's been rewarded uh, for a unique position. Uh, to me, I don't know, can anyone in the NFL in this modern-day age or even in recent history ha- has been able to, at the highest level, be on the level with Taysom Hill, whether it's returning a kickoff, whether it's blocking a punt, whether it's covering on punt return, whether it's catching a pass, whether it's throwing a pass, whether it's running. Though Taysom Hill is at a different level, but not a pure quarterback. He doesn't throw well enough uh, at the highest level to be a quarterback game in and game out. I think Taysom has come uh, to that reasoning as far as uh, I know my role. And uh, how Mike, how's it? 33, I want to say he's going to be 34. So you, you, you can look at, uh, you know, because he's so aggressive and he gets beat up, uh, you know, three or four more years. But that's how he's going to be utilized, his hands touching the ball. And uh, you look at the red zone threat that he is. But as far as between uh, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton brings more stability at the quarterback position uh, to be a bridge guy. Not necessarily the future. I think Jameis Winston still thinks he would be the future for some team. Uh, I think he might have to check his ego and just be an NFL quarterback. He might end up being a journeyman, but uh, he could still have a great career where I think Andy Dalton understands where he's at right now and he knows that he's going to compete, but he would be more a bridge guy for the future and not necessarily the answer to try and win a championship. I think uh, Andy Reid, I mean Andy Reid, 
Uh, if you look at Andy Dalton, brings stability right now, uh, kind of like with Chad Henney, if it's an ideal situation. Let's say the Saints, in theory, I'm living in a fantasy world now, so let's say we had Caleb Williams, who was like a Pat Mahomes guy. Well, I think Andy Dalton could be like our Chad Henney. You know when Chad Henney all of a sudden, uh, you don't want Pat get Mahomes there, to kid. get hurt. Yes. Mahomes got hurt. Yeah, and, and, and Chad Henney's 37 look, years of age. And look that drive he they go nine, They went 98 yards and they scored. So that's where I think Andy Dalton uh, brings to the table to compliment the guy. Uh, I think more uh, his personality more than the Jameis Winston. We'll be back with more second guests and Sean Salisbury right after this break here on the Big 870. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Second Guess as we uh, try to get in touch with Sean Salisbury. We're going to go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We're going to go to Henry in Uptown. Henry, you in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Mike. How y'all doing? Good, Henry. How are you? Hey, Henry. I'm doing fine. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but uh, Joe Burrow kind of reminds me of Joe Montana. I agree. In, in the fact that both of them <laughs> have the same name, and both have those nerves to steal 
And no matter what play is going on, no matter what the coverage is, no matter what people can be hanging all around you, and they'll still get the job done, no matter what. And when when, he, when Joe Burrow made that pass to the end zone yesterday, it reminded me of the catch with um, Joe Montana going to the, the white cross. Yeah, yeah, and then the back of the end zone, uh, you know, Joe Montana's did it a number of times. Uh, the, uh, I, I think... Joe Burrow got a little more swagger than Joe Montana. That, uh, you know, when you're talking about, like, I, I, I think Joe Montana was so even keel, he wouldn't maybe wouldn't, uh, he was never a fashionista. He wouldn't express himself uh, Not like, like, Burrow, like Joe Burrow. No, 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 so I think. No, Joe and, never uh, bit his tongue. And, and, and Joe Montana never had really a strong arm. You know, look back to back, I think Sean would agree with this, that if you look like a bomb, and you were watching film and you're breaking it down, whether it was Joe Montana or Steve Young, when they were throwing uh, like to Jerry Rice, and uh, you would throw like a deep ball, it would all be about anticipation. They'd do five-step drop, the ball's out of their hands, and it's landing anywhere from like, I don't know, 48 to 53 yards. Then you get the yards after the catch. It wasn't no like 70-yard bombs. I don't know, uh, Joe Burrow... He might end up having a stronger arm than, than Joe uh, Montana. I, I think he does but, now. I but, really but, do. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, Steve Young and uh, Joe Montana, it was all about anticipation. And obviously and, going and to, Joe's and Burroughs got that also. Really, really right, good right, anticipation right, right. skills. Going to the right place, right time in the ball. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. On the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, now doing radio out in the Houston area. Sean, uh, get your comments on what Bobby was talking about. And the comparison, certainly with Montana, you can understand. Just the way he yeah. handles pressure. The way, you know, hey, whatever you got, throw at me, and I'm going to throw it right back at you. And his accuracy skills, touch, and anticipation, very similar to uh, to Montana. Yeah, I would think right now, guys, good to be on with you. To me, Burrow is he, – he's this – first few years of pocket presence of Brady, but he's got the exact same anticipation. You're exactly right. And his arm is stronger than Joe's and Steve's. And I'll tell you an interesting story. I was training with Steve Young early in my career back in the, my second year in the league. And so I went to Provo, Utah with a couple teammates. I stayed there for about four months in the offseason. And we go out on the field and throw with some former BYU wide receivers, and a couple of them were playing in the NFL. And Steve and I would throw. And I'm 6'5", 230, and I'm ripping the – Bobby, you know the 22 back to 18 comeback, right? right exactly. And I'm coming back taking – yeah, taking seven in a hitch, and I'm pounding it outside, and I'm ripping it. You know, eight out of ten against air, five, the other two, maybe a little – one gets away with me, and she gets away from me. Steve drops back, takes his seven in a hitch, and there's a little speed bump to it. There's a, it's not a rock 108-mile-an-hour fastball. And finally, about the very first time we did it, about – 15 throws into it, I said, Steve, when are you going to start ramping it up? And he looked at me and goes, Sean, that's how we throw the comeback, Joe and I. I said, what, what are you talking about? He goes, see, we're getting there at the same time. You're just a little later than I'm throwing it. My anticipation is earlier. It's getting there at the same time, which in turn his accuracy kept hitting the outside eye, outside shoulder, hence why he's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm talking about him being in the Hall of Fame. So there is something to it. And anticipate, listen, you've got to do three things. In my, there's a lot of things, but and, Bobby, you played this position, and you had that feel of Joe, the, the, the cool and handling pressure and all that that both Montana in his way, a little more 
understated than Burrow with the cigar and, and the, you know, the jewelry, how Joe is, but it works for both franchises is you got to be able to throw the ball on time with anticipation and accuracy. And then you got to elevate teammates and Burrow does it. Burrow does it. I, I can make the argument. I know Mahomes is in that he's different. Like if you had a front man, like one of them's Mick, da- Mick Jagger, the other one's like Neil Diamond that, you know, sitting on a, on a, on a, on his, uh, his chair playing the guitar and singing while the other one's all over the place, but making all kinds of plays. And they're both off the charts. Great. I think Burrow is, he, we're going to be looking at this rivalry and throw in Josh Allen and a few more for a long time. We are AFC heavy and Burrow's about as cool and as good as we have in the league right now. Now, uh, Sean, now flipping over to the NFC. uh, And I think I was wrong about him. I always thought he can make uh, plays with his feet, but how much he's progressed as a passer, and I know he's been able to handle adversity and, uh, and just working on his craft and uh, that being uh, Jalen Hurts. Anybody that could go from a starting quarterback at Oklahoma, I mean at Alabama, and then you go to Oklahoma and you uh, always got to keep proving yourself. I'm just looking at this year, career high. He threw for over 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns. He had a, C, a personal law, I should say, of six interceptions. But this what caught, caught my attention. This was different. Uh, despite yep. setting out two games, he became the first quarterback in league history to rush for at least 10 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. And he's also the first quarterback with 10 or more touchdown runs and at least 100 quarterback rating of 101.5 in a single season. I mean, I, I, you might have always been right about Jalen Hurts. I wasn't, but I am now a believer where he's at. Yeah, and he's well-coached. At every level, and, and you know his dad, he coach his son. He's a Texas guy. I could tell you, I remember Bobby and Mike going to USC Alabama game when he was a freshman, and they be it was the opening game of the season in Arlington at Jerry's house, and they hung fifty plus on him. And this kid played when they thought they were going to play the other two starters, and they said they they brought Hurts in after one series. The very first time he touched the football, he fumbled, and then the rest of the season, I mean, he was off the charts. And I looked at a couple of my former teammates here at the game. I said, this kid is so poised. And I didn't know how good he was going to be, but I felt like there was nothing that rattled him. And you know what? That has held true his entire career. You never heard him loud talk when he got benched. And think about the four quarters in, quarterbacks in this. Purdy, last guy drafted. Joe Burrow got beat out and had to transfer. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a three-star coming out of high school. And Jalen Hurts goes, plays his ass off, and then has to go to another school to prove to people he can throw it. He's a big, strong kid. So, Bobby, I don't think any of us saw quantum leaps from when he came into the league to to where he is now. But his growth and his mechanics and his understanding and command of what's going on and accuracy, and even if you make him one-dimensional, he's able to beat you the other way. And you're right. Listen, we can all say, and I know when he was drafted, I said, I like him. It's going to take three, four years. But he's come along a lot faster, so he's been well-coached, and he listened, and he watched, and he observed, and then he put it to work. I am a huge fan, and I can tell you one thing. we got a lot of poised quarterbacks in this league. He may not be the best, but I can tell you what. There's nobody that's going to stand in hot water, and he'll deal with it like Burrow will, like anybody else will. He is that poised, and he believes in his skill set when at times some others didn't. I admire the kid, and I, I admire what he's done. And that's a tough place, Bobby. You know you've been in there. That's a tough place to play and be a home. And, but when you're a stud and you're successful, it's a great place to play. 
We got he, that, that, he's not, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he's going to do throwing-wise as he continues to expand his game with those weapons. Sean, uh, add on to that, Pete Jenkins, uh, all of 82 years young, he works uh, over the last, I mean, right. seven or eight years. He's, he was at LSU and then sort of semi-retired, like he, he's done about 15 times. But he, right. he works with Alabama and with Georgia defensive lines. And he made the comment to me in the summer. He's like, you know what? Let me tell you about Jalen Hurts. I think he's the most mentally tough quarterback Nick Saban ever had at Alabama. And I was like, what? Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's a, a big comment coming from Pete because you know why? I think Pete is repeating what Nick Saban told him. Well, then, then you look what happened with him and Tua. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you never heard him bitching. I mean, all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to go on and then go to Oklahoma and then the rest and of the And Lincoln Riley did a great job right, with right. him. Right, and he never made excuses, guys, when, he got, when, when they made the change. He just stayed the course, supported Tua, did his thing, and then went to a school. At that point in time, it was good for him to go to Lincoln and have a chance to expand because the next level was he'd done what he needed to do in college was to show Sunday people that he could throw. And I don't, I don't disagree with what uh, he said uh, at Alabama. Think about it. And for me, Bobby, you played the position so good and so long, but for me – and, and Mike, I, I when people come up and ask me what's the number one trait a great quarterback has to have, well, they got to have a lot of them. Arm strength, yeah, talent. Of course, you got to be talented, or we wouldn't be scouting you. But arm talent for me falls, you know, fifth or sixth. I'm assuming when you get to the league, some can throw it harder, but can you make all the throws? I assume a guy can throw a comeback from a hash mark. But it's for me, mental and emotional toughness stands at the top. And I'm not just talking about when things are going bad. And the, you know, the, the coach is not talking to you. The dog peed on your leg when you left your house. The, you know, the, the fans are booing you. Your own teammates don't want to talk to you. How do you overcome that? But also the good stuff. I, I constantly preach to quarterbacks. You've got to get over the good and the bad equally as quick and urgent to move on. We don't have the luxury a defensive player has of just celebrating and doing it, coming out, and they run around and feed off that. Because one comeback on the left side, Dak Prescott, late – a guy squatting on it, and the game's changed. Even if he threw for 400 in the first three quarters or any game like that. So Hurts, and watch him, his composure never – he never changes, good or bad, a little celebration, but gets on to it. So I don't argue with that. I'm going through the long list. I mean, that Nick's had. I'm sure that Bear Bryant, that you know, Joe Willie Namath and Stabler had a little bit of that in him or a lot of it in him when he played. But this kid in recent memory and under Nick Saban, name me one. There may be more talented – Nobody more poised and no more mentally or physically tough. He's been tested the whole way through, and look at him. He's got his team with the best record, and you better bring a good supply of body bags if you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles there offensively and defensively. We've got four teams with weapons galore, and the 49ers know what they're in for this week, and it's going to be a hell of a fight. And with all the talk, Jalen Hurts is probably going to finish what? If he wouldn't have missed games, he'd have finished second in the MVP race. And yeah, yeah, yeah. home, so he would have been right there at the top, no doubt. Yeah, if you look at it, uh, out of the all-pro votes, uh, I, I saw where uh, Patrick Mahomes got 49 out of the 50 and Jalen Hurts got the other vote. So it, it, it was yeah. a unanimous, uh, but he threw, you know, for over 5,250 yards. And he had he not got hurt late. Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying this is what Mahomes yeah. did, yeah. and then Jalen Hurts was the only one that got a vote yeah. besides Pat Mahomes. Now, uh, Sean, what about – uh, when you look at this, I think as all quarterbacks we relate to this, can you compartmentalize and take advantage of your opportunity 
considering you might be the man one year and then where are you at? And can you be a pro and can you last? I'm looking at Chad Henney. Uh, he takes over midway through the second quarter. You know, he went 37 years of age. Now you look classify him as a journeyman. And uh, if, if you look at it, I mean, he drives the Chiefs 98-yard touchdown when Mahomes couldn't go. So to me, Chad Henning is like, now, not everybody can beat a man, but if you, uh, if you live in that NFL lifestyle, that's pretty damn good. And he's done that up until now at 37 years of age. Yeah, and why would you, if he's still doing it, I mean, he could do that job four more years. He's not taking any punishment. He's no, he, right when you figure it out mentally in the NFL, physically you can't do it unless, of course, you're a guy like Brady who, you know, beats father time. But 37, 38, hell, you're, you're not making money doing something else. You're having a, if you're having a blast, and why would the Chiefs replace him? This is two playoff seasons now where he's coming under duress and horrible circumstances, and they've trusted him. He's done his job. He did it last year, and then, like you said, he comes off the bench, and Andy Reid didn't hesitate. Oh, let's, we're going to throw when we're backed up the very first. They threw on the first time, the first down. Dude didn't even get a chance to warm up but for about two minutes. But I love him because, well, I relate to guys like that who start some games but come off the bench. And I can't begin to tell. I say it every year when, when people don't invest in a backup quarterback. The difference between winning a division and a possible championship, it may be a game, it may be 15 plays, it may be a half, but it does matter. And I, how many guys, Bobby and Mike, do you guys trust come off the bench in, in horrible and very difficult circumstances when you don't – you've seen the, what field, 20, 20 snaps this year, and they were all meaningless this year, to go 98 yards, which no quarterback in Kansas City history has ever done in the playoffs, and take them down when your quarterback's hurt in a – ended up being a pretty damn close battle of a football game, and then turn it back over to your starting quarterback. That's trust, and that's believability. How many guys do we trust can come off the bench – and do that and give your team a chance. You're not getting the seven, eight names that you believe can do that at that position. So, you know what? Proud of him. The guy has is, is withstood the test of time. And if you keep doing it and get to an 18- or 20-year career doing this, you get to a point, at least I do, where you're like, okay, I know I'm not going to start, but if I do have to start, I'm going to be ready. But my team's going to trust me if I need to go in there and win. And it happened to me at the end of my career. Had to go in and win a game to get us to the playoffs, and we did because Warren Moon was hurt or those situations. So I think it takes pride in it. And when you know what's going on mentally and you can still execute it physically, you go down there and they, 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 they don't change much. I mean, you may not have the off-schedule stuff, but he was accurate. We've seen it now two times in dura- under duress in two different games, on a run and a throw in the previous playoffs and now in this one. And it may end up being a handful of plays that are the difference, that 98-yard drive and – coming to get into February and that team's crowning themselves a Super Bowl champ. I'm proud of them. I love guys who are resilient and ego gets pushed aside to go in there and help their team win. It was great. Sean, you've had a, a front seat to uh, a cluster you-know-what that's happened with the Houston right. Texans. I mean, right. you, you've had a front seat with it. Uh, the, the talk of Sean Payton going to Houston, um, to me, I, I would think that, that's a long shot. Uh, it's not what McNair has done in the past uh, to go that route and want to spend that money and sort of give that total control over uh, to a head coach. But that's from the outside looking in. You were there. Sort of tell us what your feelings are about the Texans and at least some interest, certainly in Sean Payton. Yeah, and and, and you're spot on 100%. The dysfunction of this franchise – 
well documented with Watson and the McNairs and Bill O'Brien. It's, it's you know we we know that. And then you know guys coming and going in the last two years, coaches one and done and fired. So stability is needed. They you know the Sean Payton thing. If Sean were to come here and in, into in Houston, it'd be like oh instant credibility and fans are like okay we got a shot because look at what a coach and a quarterback does to a franchise. I know everybody else is important. Andy Reid when he got Mahomes. Look at look, look, take a look at Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence how they turned it around so quickly. Look at listen for years we've been laughing at the Cincinnati Bengals. We we have and now you get Burrow Zach Taylor and, and they build around it. Now they're he, he got a chance to go to back to back Super Bowls in, in back to back years and he's only been in the league three years. So it, that that culture change matters to get those two guys and build around them. I agree with you. It's a long shot because it's going to cost between fifteen and twenty million, and I wouldn't imagine Sean's going to do it for anything less than seven or eight years. So we're talking, what, a buck 60, something like that. I mean, you're talking a lot of money, 125 to 100, depending on the years, 150, 160 million. And he's going to want to pick the quarterback that he wants. He, I know he wants to bring in a front office guy, but maybe he can work with him. But the dysfunction and the lack of trust may even shy him away. It's not the questions they have for Sean Payton. It's also the questions Sean has for them about the direction and commitment and what they're going to do to change around. Now, listen, you've got a lot of assets. They do have a lot of cap money, and you got the you got two first round picks to to jockey with. And I don't think, you know, I don't think they want to give up a first round pick. But I talked to an insider who told me they were willing to do what it takes to get Sean Payton. Now that was last week. It seems like it's it feels a little quieter now. D'Amico Ryan's has become a hot name there, and Jonathan Gannon. But uh, Sean's going to get the job he wants, I would imagine. But giving up an asset to get him, paying him all that money, the control situation, and Sean, and he's at the stage of his career where he's. He, he's going to get it where he goes, at least maybe not all of it, but he's going to get to, to make a, you know, decide on some of the groceries that are in the damn cupboard. So I'd love to have him because it's instant credibility and fans will have hope again. But anybody that thinks they're going to turn it around with this roster, they got some good young players, but they've also, they lack weapons on offense. They're not real physical. They don't tackle well. They've got some players that got to improve, but it's not just the head coach. I try to tell this to everybody, and you guys know this better than I do. When you hire D'Amico or hire Sean Payton, which, like I said, I believe it's a long shot too, but be a big thumbs up for the Texans, is it's the coordinators and assistants that are going to spend most of their time with these players. So the head coach is important, but a head coach that hires coaches, their buddies, and they two years later they want to get fired, you've got to hire guys that challenge the room, that respectfully aren't yes-men, and that's how you win with different ideas outside the box thinking and developing players all too often. You get them and they don't get better. And Sean Payton's a good teacher. You guys know you've had him there for all those years and he's a winner. It's the, it's the assistant coaches and the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, even though he'll call plays, I'm sure. I don't think they're going to get him, but if they do, it'll be a major wow factor. The question is, you want to pay it all and you want to give up whatever Mickey's going to ask for in the end, what's it going to take to get Sean away from the Saints? Now, uh, Sean, speaking of winners, uh, I, I read this today that uh, Andy Reid, I mean, who, who hates Andy Reid? I don't know. He became the third NFL coach to win 20 postseason games. So that means you're always relevant a uh, number of years, year in and year out. I mean, I've been a fan of his ever since, you know, go back Packers, Eagles, yep. and, and now, now with the Chiefs. I mean, what makes Andy Reid so special before we let you run? I love him. I've known Andy for, hell, 35 years. And I'll tell you, from the time I met him then to today, 
He's never changed. Now, he's been through horrific with family uh, uh, adversity. He's a, he's a second chance giver to players because he believes in the kids. He, his ego does not get in the way of his coaching staff. That's why guys come to him, they learn, and they go on and have success for the most part. You know, Matt Nagy struggled, but, but Andy's got people that believe in him. Uh, and he, he's always respectful and kind. Now, when people say, well, does that mean a good coach? And you can see he was willing to change. Instead of just the West Coast offense, which he always ran in Green Bay and Philly, all of a sudden he gets a guy from the Big 12 who they didn't win much, but he got a guy who changes kind of the whole dynamic of an offense. And what's he do now? He's got five different types of offenses and then two extra offenses that he's created with around-the-back passes and shovel passes to the tight end inside the three-yard line. His creativity, his co- – I look at his – he's so nice and kind, but I always tell people, don't mistake that for weakness. The guy's brilliant. The guy has learned from the guys who have taught him, but his ego stays out of the way, and he never quits teaching. And so I, I'm, a huge, I'm with you, Bobby. I, I, I called Dusty Baker the Andy Reid of baseball that, until Andy was that guy. He was going to the Hall of Fame even if he didn't win a Super Bowl. That's how good he is. Well, he got his Super Bowl, and he may get three more. Dusty's going to the Hall of Fame. Same way, there's not a soul alive who didn't root for Dusty because they love him. Anybody that's been around baseball, Andy the same way. And then Dusty gets his last year. So very similar, respected, beloved, respected in the clubhouse, respected by media. And they always treat, they treat the intern and the guy in the clubhouse the same way they treat a guy who's making 40, 50 million a year. Andy Reid's one of the finest humans in sports, but he's also a brilliant, and I think he's the best play caller in the game. No disrespect to Sean Payton and in college guys like Lincoln Riley. There's nobody that Andy Reid has to take a back seat to. I think he and, and Mike Tomlin are as good of coaches as we have in the league. Sean, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Man, we really appreciate it. Man, we got to do this again. A lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom. We appreciate it, buddy. Don't wait, don't wait so long to have me back on. I love you guys, man. Thank <laughs> All right, you. Thanks Sean. so much, Sean. Okay. We appreciate right. it, bud. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break on the Big 870. Back here on the second guest show, Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bob, we don't talk about this a lot, but, man, when somebody does a really good job and you can see it, man, you got to throw the bouquets out to them. And it, Fox would be dumb to pull Greg Olson off of the color commentator work and the number one spot. Man, Greg Olson does a fantastic He's work. He's smooth. Man, He's smooth. he does a great job of breaking down the game. He doesn't make it complicated, and he explains it to the regular fans out there, and he doesn't maybe add 5,000 words to what he can say in 15. Well, uh, as great as a quarterback Drew Brees was, he can't beat out Greg Olson no. as an announcer. No, I, that is absolutely right. No, And, and, and you not, can't hand that over to Brady. No, no, no. Brady, hey, Brady can't do the hey, job Greg Olson. Greg Olson's done an outstanding job. And, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Saints connection with Greg Olson. I remember we were doing a draft show. That's why I and, picked and the Saints And we thought for pick. sure the Saints were going to draft Greg Olson. You know who we drafted? Robert Meacham. Yep. Is that correct? That's correct. I remember. I remember, like, Greg Olson. We needed to we're going to get Greg Olson at tight end, and we got Robin Meacham instead. And uh, uh, Robin Meacham wasn't the brightest bulb as far as to know the offense. So I see with Greg Olson where he's at and what he's doing. No, and, and Robin Meacham, it took him, like, three or four years to turn the corner and help with the Saints. You know, he would give an effort to be a good run blocker. 
stretch the defense. And then uh, he hit deep. a big pater with the then San Diego Chargers. Yeah, he didn't do anything in San Diego. No, no, no he came he, back to the Saints. No, uh, uh, Robert Meacham was good, but he wasn't as good as Greg Olson. Man, Greg Olson. With Carolina Panthers, y'all remember? Uh, with the but, Bears. He, but he was with the Bears. The Bears, first. and then he went to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. but man, Greg Olson, that was a pick that I thought the Saints would make. I remember at that time, Rita was still involved. She came do part of the show with us, and I said, how close was it? She was like, well, Sean wanted the speed receiver. So that sort of told you the story. He wanted the speed receiver in, in Meacham over Greg Olson. We'll be back with more second guess right after this break here on the Big 870. We're finishing up here in our number three of this second guest show. Mike Detalia, right. along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. Had a lot of people ask us, yes, WWL is going to be your home for the AFC and NFC championship games. It all starts Sunday at 1 o'clock. Westwood ones countdown to the big games, and then the battles begin. First up, Bengals at Chiefs at 2 o'clock, and then the NFC title matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco uh, 49ers at 5.30. Playoff excitement happens here on the home of NFL, WWL, AM, FM, and .com, and always free on the Odyssey app. Bob, one of the things, you could hear it on the radio and also on TV during the game. That who they, who they, and man, it almost sounded like you were in Cincinnati. Oh, hey, that, hey, that hey, was hey. an open mic next to some hey, Bengals but, fans because it was loud. Okay, but think about it. Cincinnati fans, uh, if you live in Cincinnati, you're not a snob. You live in Cincinnati. It's like Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's like the, it's like blue collar people that live up north, like Saints fans, whatever. So it is the common fan. So who that, who they. And I tell you what, when the Bengals are rolling, man, it who was they, loud. Who they say it's going to be the Bengals? They were loud, and the Bills Mafia, they couldn't do nothing about it. No, they I couldn't mean, do squat. I no, mean, no. They, they were getting their teeth kicked in. Now, the, now they were vocal. Uh, now, Mike, this is why I'm going to tell you why I'm not a, optimistic. Uh, but modern medicine, I don't know what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. But you know who's had uh, the same injury as Patrick Mahomes, and he's played for the Chiefs, and he's been out of sight, out of mind. We all, you ever heard of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, the running back? And, okay. w- and what's happened? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire suffered the same type injury in late November, and they put him on injury reserve. Okay, now late November, what are we, in January? They put him on uh, Atlanta on injury reserve, and only last week did he finally start to practice again. And they have the same high ankle. I'll both say Okay, not you can have, I guess, different grades, high ankle sprain. Yes, there's different grades. But, but it's like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, high ankle sprain. Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain. And Pat Mahomes be ready to roll come, come Sunday. Man, a modern-day miracle. Jesus. Hey, Ed, somebody need to pray over that ankle. Uh, to healed. He got healed. Come on, brother. Well, unless, he goes uh, to Lord, unless he goes to Lords and gets treated. Bob, he's not going to be the same guy because of so much of his game is built on his mobility. He is a good pocket passer, but still you got to be able to move around the pocket and, and, a little and, bit. And the problem is, is that I know as a passer, he's right-handed, and when you throw in the ball, I wish I had a camera, and you look at it, it's his right foot. So you got to pick, you got to push off on that foot. Where now he can't push off, and he's like just leaning and just flicking it. Now he can flick it. He and can throw it sidearm and, all, and it. all that. But as far as it's going to be like on one leg, one and a half leg, uh, whatever. So I, no, I I'm going to test him real early 
and send extra people to see how he handles it. Oh, what, 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 without a I doubt. Mean, listen, uh, th- this ain't about, well, I feel bad for him. No, it's about winning the game. You know who I played, feel bad for him after uh, the game. Uh, you know who played good for the Bengals? And can he do it two weeks in a row, Eli Apple? He sure did. Because well, I was going to uh, bring that up uh, in the last uh, hour. Because, but yeah. because I think uh, the Chiefs and Andy Reid, they will go after Eli Apple if it's, they want to get after because then it's one-on-one coverage. We'll be back with more second guests and Connie Carberg right after our news break here at 7 o'clock on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.